Welcome to another episode of our special series, Is It Beer Yet? I am Matt, and this episode should be kind of fun, I think, to put together and probably listen to. At least I hope so. It's definitely going to be fun to put together, because I brewed this beer almost two months ago? Maybe just shy a week, maybe two of two months ago, at least a month and a half ago. And I don't really even remember... um, I know which beer it is, and I'll, I'll explain that here shortly. I, I can't even really, honestly, tell you what the anything on the uh, grain bill. I, I really can't. So it's going to be interesting to put this together, because I've actually brewed two beers since the initial recording of this. But as usual, this episode isn't just about the brewing. We'll go through everything from getting the grains together, brewing it, uh, kegging it, and tasting uh, fermentings in there somewhere. If you've heard the show before, you you know what you're about to get into. If you haven't, well, just go ahead and listen, and you'll hear the entire process of this beer from putting the recipe together all the way to the final tasting. The beer in this episode is one of the event beers for our Halloween Horror Nights weekend for our podcast, The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights. Uh, if you don't know what Halloween Horror Nights is, it's one of the biggest and best Halloween events in any theme park Anywhere in the world. It happens at Universal Studios Orlando. We do a show about it where we chronicle the history of it on some episodes. In other episodes, we talk about the uh, current event, uh, the current year's event. And I don't host that alone. I host it with my co hosts, Quint and Karen, who come down here to Orlando each year so the three of us can enjoy the event together. With it being a big weekend, I went ahead and brewed two beers. This is the first of those beers, and it's called Carnival of Carnage. This beer is a Marzen recipe that I tinkered with just a little bit, but its base is a Marzen recipe. And that fact becomes a little important around tasting. And that'll be explained a little little more later when we get into the tasting of this. Um, Apart from that, I think that's all I really need to set up because the second beer has its own episode. So I'll focus on that or spotlight that on that episode. So again, like I said, I forgot most of the beginning of what you're going to hear, so this is going to be interesting for me to hear as well. So here we go. This is episode two of Is It Beer Yet? And it is all about Carnival of Carnage. Welcome to another edition of whatever this ends up being called. I think it went through two names in the initial episode, um, Brouhaha. And Brew Spew, I think Bruce Spew is the one. Brew Spew is what we're going to go with because that made me laugh when that name was first brought up. This is a, this is exactly what I was talking about in that initial episode. We are brewing something for an event that Neozaz is having or part of, and in this case, it is to celebrate our coverage of Halloween Horror Nights twenty six. It should be. It's going to be ready. Well, it's going to be drank. Let's see if it's ready. Uh, the weekend that the entire cast of Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is together, and we go to Halloween Horror Nights. This is one of two I'm actually doing for that, and is called Carnival of Carnage. Now, if you listen to Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights or know anything about Halloween Horror Nights, you may know that 2007 was called Carnival of Carnage, and it's one of the best events they'd ever done. It's my uh, personal favorite event. Well, at least of the, I don't know, the modern era is getting really good, but it's it's been one of my favorite editions of the event so i'm making naming this ale or this actually it's not an ale well this i guess it all depends on we'll get to that in a second how you classify your beers i'm naming this beer after that so it's carnival of carnage it's a marzen an oktoberfest now historically uh 
when the Oktoberfest started without going into a big history, and I don't even know it all that well, but I do know enough of it to say this. Marzins were typically brewed in March and held on to and opened in Oktoberfest. There's a reason for that in the first one. Not going to get into that because I don't know that history that well, but that's a whole other story. That might even be something for another podcast. But I'm saying that because it's September, and we're going to be drinking this in October. Whether it's ready or not, we'll find out. It's, it's going to be ready to some degree, obviously. It'll definitely be fermented. The aging, I guess, is the question. Would aging help this more all those months than the month I'm going to give it? But I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, as far as the recipe goes, it is mostly the grains I had copied from another. Actually, it's a kind of a combination. It's like a consensus of Marzins from Brewsmith. I kind of looked through some of their top-rated ones and saw what was in common and took that grain bill. Then I really studied hops. I mean, when I say studied hops, I now have a spreadsheet um, it, with color codes of, different, of varying degrees of flavor profiles, whether or not they're best for flavoring or best for aroma or used for both and what to expect from them. So I, cho- I chose the hops very wisely this time as opposed to my last one. So we'll go through, let me go through grain bill quick, real quick here. Three pounds of pale malt, uh, pale malt. Uh, three pounds of Pilsner malt. So that's kind of like a U.S. United States meets Germany kind of a collaboration on the Oktoberfest. Uh, 11 ounces of Crystal 60L. That's interesting because that's what I used in my last one by choice. And it'll be, or just what, off the top of my, what should I say, by uh, the recipe I made up. And I'll be more interesting here in a couple more ingredients. 10 ounces of Munich malt, 10 ounces of Vienna malt. 1.9 ounces of Carafa 3. That's combined with the 60L. The Crystal 60L, I say, is interesting because those are the grains I picked for my Neos as signature test, and I find that one really malty. But we'll see. We'll see. This is not, this was not chosen lightly. I didn't pick this out um, based on my last recipe. I actually picked this out comparing other well-regarded Oktoberfest and our Marzen, well, both October, Marzen and Oktoberfest recipes. So I'm going to trust the experience of other brewers that have been doing this longer than me. We'll see. Hops. Okay, like I said, I really studied hops. These are the flavors I want for my Oktoberfest. It's not going to be too hoppy, but it's going to, it's going to definitely balance out that malt. For the entire 60-minute boil, we have Cascade hops. We've got about 0.6 ounces of those. Then we have, I, I have no idea how to say this. I'm going to slaughter this. It's German. Hallertauer hops, I think. I think it's called, or Hallertauer. I'm probably saying that wrong, but I've got three quarters of an ounce of that in the last 15 minutes. That'll bring some flavor and definitely an aroma. And I'm going to try it again. This might be the last one if it doesn't work out, but I've studied up on the Palisade hops. It is a dual hop, but it's mostly used for aroma. I'm going to toss that in just a little bit, just just under a half ounce at uh, the last five minutes of the boil to see if we can keep using Palisade hops as a signature hop. But if I don't like the result or I don't think it added anything, which is going to be hard to tell with all these other flavors going on, that might be the last you hear of it. It's a beautiful day today. This is going to be great. Um, Hurricane Hermione just passed us to the north. We didn't get the direct hurricane, but we got a lot of the, the rain and some wind. And the cloud cover, the basically 24-hour cloud cover we had from it, actually like 36 hours we had from it, just cooled everything down. It's so nice out. Sun is bright. I'm looking outside again. Did check the weather forecast. No hint of rain till 2 o'clock. It's just after 8 now. I'm going to be done by then. going to be a nice, relaxing, comfortable brew day. Really looking forward to this. 
Uh, there's one thing I have to do before I start weighing out the grains. I'm going to oxygenate with direct oxygen instead of air, instead of shaking up the carboy at the end to get oxygen into my wort. I think that's why the Krausen and the yeast never super took off in the last brew. It did its job. It's fermented. It's a, it's, it's the alcohol is there, but I think um, doing, adding some direct oxygen for the yeast to feed off this time is going to help. So I have to assemble that. I have to sanitize and assemble that. Um, it's, I'm using a welding can of oxygen, which is just, just, it's oxygen, but there could be some industrial oils and whatnot for the manufacturing and uh, filling of those tanks. So I'm going to put a HEPA filter between the tubes, and i got to boil off the, um, the uh, oxygen stone because I have touched it with my hands quite a few times. I do always can clog up those little pores. So I'm going to boil that off, assemble it all together, put it aside, get my stuff together, weigh out my grains, get my hop sacks ready, and go. It's going to be a good day. Uh, I'll be back right after I got a couple of those things done and ready to go. Grains are weighed and mixed. Hops are weighed and bagged. And now I'm ready to start getting, uh, I guess, the water together. First, I got to get my uh, my bucket of sterilized solution to, well, to sterilize everything. I don't know why I was going to explain that. I pretty much said it as I said it. And I get the strike water going. Um, learned my lesson last time that the insulation wrap I made holds the heat the entire 70 minutes. So I'm just going to bring it up to about 156, 157 and put the grains in. That should drop it to 152, 153. If it doesn't, I'm going to let it cool before I wrap it and then go ahead and wrap it. If I start at 157, I shouldn't be over too hot for my mash. Uh, we'll see. Um, this is still all a learning process. This is my technically my fourth all-grain brew, my third that I'll drink. Uh, first one was actually I dumped out kind of prematurely. I thought I had done something seriously wrong because of the look on it. And turns out that's just how all-grain is. And I went from extract brewing directly to all-grain. I didn't go to a partial mash in there. So in my ignorance, I dumped out probably two good gallons of beer. That really hurts saying out loud. But anyway, uh, I'm going to go outside. Uh, I, I wanted to note, just for listener reference, if you hear me, if it sounds like I'm breathing heavy, I actually noticed this in the last episode. I'm not. I have the worst sinuses on the face of the earth. And when I go outside, and I've already been in and outside, and then mixed in with the weather, my sinuses swell up instantly between allergies and pressure changes. So I'm a super heavy mouth breather when I'm outside. Uh, you know, something you don't want to admit when you're young, but I'm not young anymore, so I don't care. So if it sounds like I'm out of breath and breathing heavy, I'm not. I'm just breathing completely through my mouth because my sinus passages are 99.9% closed. So didn't want anyone to think that, you know, I'm overexerting myself. Um, I'm, you know, about to uh, pass out. It's just the fact that I have one orifice in my face I can breathe out of and talk out of at the same time. So little technical note there. In fact, I just realized I heard an audible breathe talking. I can't imagine that sound like a mic. That's the story. So probably no one noticed. Now you won't be able to not to hear it. So, all right, I am going to go out, set up the water and be back uh, after that. Okay, one other thing I did in that last uh, bit of work, I forgot to mention, I put together my oxygenator. I guess it's my oxygenator. I used a quarter-inch tube because that is the end of the oxygen stone, and that's the end of the regulator on the oxygen cap that's going to go on the tank. In between the filter, it looks like it's about a eh, three-eighths, five-eighths maybe. No, no, five-eighths would be over half-inch. ain't that big. Uh, they're trying to knock off filters, so... 
They were a little tight fit, but nothing a hairdryer couldn't help. I, I have a heat gun, but that seemed too hot. That was going to melt the vinyl. It's vinyl tube, food-grade uh, vinyl tubing. And the heat gun seemed like it was too extreme. So I used a hairdryer, just hit it for like 30 seconds, about an inch width of it, and then it, they slid right on. Little took a little work, but once it caught, once it expanded the tube, I just kind of just turned it and turned it and turned it and got a nice airtight fit. Actually, it's probably a better airtight fit than if it was the right size because once it cooled, it really sealed on there. So my oxygenator is done. Took a picture of it. I'm going to try to post pictures of this brew. I didn't do it the last episode, but I'm going to try to this time to like a... Uh, accompaniment to what's going on so that's it now i'm back outside to uh, play in the water okay i am outside and one bit of technical work to do i guess i don't know it's not real technical it's kind of mechanical i have a dowel rod that i use as a dipstick measure to know when i'm at the gallons i need like uh for instance i want to get the four and a half gallons before the boil and get it down to uh, about a little over three made some great notches on it so i can visually see exactly where it is did not write down at all what the measurement on the notches are so i'm going to, have to pour the water in one by one and measure again and actually write on the stick i did a lot of research and you can it, it seems there's tons of people with experience that have written on their dowel rods with a sharpie let it dry and have caused no problems doesn't add anything to the wart especially at the boil which is my concern so i'm going to take their experience into consideration and go ahead and do that. So this is going to take a little longer than just dumping five and a half gallons of water into a boil uh, bucket. And But it's going to save me a little frustration in time in the future. Okay, got the water all set up. The gas is on. The gas is lit. So I'm going to bring it up to about one... Uh, 50, I have the uh, timer set to alert me at 158. I'll rise it to 159 by the time I take it off the gas. Let it sit for a minute, put the grains in. Should drop it down to where I want it to, about 152, 153. Again, if it doesn't, I'll let it sit before I wrap it. Should be okay. Um, what else? Oh, packing up the grains and the hops. And I did want to mention this, mention this when I did the hops. I have all my hops from for the next three brews because it was more economical to buy them right now i buy all my stuff online the grains the hops online we do have a local brew shop local well, local it's about 40 minute drive from here um i just really hadn't had the time to go there find everything get used to the in-house uh, buying experience but i'm gonna have to because i do order enough to get like a flat shape uh flat rate shipping about which is about 750 there's some kind of thing with ups apparently but that means i have to order a lot more than i need for one weekend and it's an extra eight oh 750 eight bucks we'll call it eight bucks extra eight bucks to every batch i make so right now i have i had bought um three brews worth of hops and two brews worth of grain and the other thing that does takes up place in the refrigerator because i have to store these because i'm not going to use the rest of these grains for two weeks so that's going to, that's that I have to keep them airtight as airtight as I can and refrigerated and they'll be fine for two weeks, but much past three, four weeks, it's bad. So I'm going to have to get used to adding that drive into my brew week or weekend. It's probably something I can do on a Friday night and have it ready for Saturday, but going to have to make that jump. But anyway, uh, back to the original story. I have all the hops in a airtight, like a vacuum seal bag that in the freezer, 
That's what I've read. It seems it seems like you shouldn't do it because you shouldn't put coffee in the freezer. But with hops, I guess it's okay. And when I brought it out today, because I had it, the the hops were ordered for the uh, Neozaz brew, and now they're for this one and for the next one. When I brought them out of the freezer and open open that airlock. Oh, that's if you like hops, and if you're like a hop head, I don't know that I'm necessarily a hop head, but I do like the smell of hops. Oh, it was it smelled so good. It just was like welcome to brew day. Oh. Just there was, there's about eight different hops in there. Uh, most of them are still sealed. Well, now they're sealed, but there's really only three open packages from the last one, so that's where the smell came from. Ah, it just smelled so good. So that was that was a nice little start to the day. So got the water going. I had to clean. I have a steamer tray, like a little steam vegetable steamer you put in a on your stove and, and brew some vegetables. We have had that ever since we've been married. Before we were married, I bought it in my apartment when we were dating. It's almost 20 years old. It has not seen the light of day in 14 years until I bring it out to use in brewing. And how I use it, I turn it upside down so that my brew bag doesn't sit over the heat in case I have to heat up the water again. I haven't yet, but I may have to. I'm actually doing a, uh, uh, what is it? Oh, I forget. Let me look on the uh, instructions. I'm still learning. I don't have all these terms memorized. A mash out? It's mash out. It is mash out. So I'm going to raise the temperature 10 degrees for 10 minutes. So it will be over the flame. So this keeps... The grain bag, like good two inches from the bottom, so the bag and the grains don't get burnt. Mainly that, well, both. I was gonna say mainly the grains because of the taste, but well, obviously a nylon bag burning isn't gonna help the taste. But anyway, my point is again, I'm going off on all kinds of diatribes. Um, has not been used for over a decade. I bring it out one weekend for brewing. My wife has used it like seven times since then. So I had to clean the hell out of it because I do not want my secret ingredient to be cauliflower mush. That was stuck in there. So I cleaned the hell out of that. I got it in a sanitizer. Not that the sanitizer cleans, but it kills anything on there. And I'll drop that in the pot um, when, it, when it comes up to temperature. Because uh, uh, I can just, like I said, just turn it upside down let it fall to the bottom. So once it's up to temperature, I'll add that, add my bag, add my grains, and let it sit and mash. So I might be back with some more uh, completely off the beaten path stories like I just did. Or I might not. You'll find out right after this. All right, we are mashing. The grains are inside the water. It brought the water down to about 154. It's a little, eh, I mean, I want it kind of 152, but I'll take 154. I actually overheated the water. You can probably hear the neighbors are mowing the lawn, which is fine. I think you can still hear me okay. Um, I had set my timer for about 158 killed the gas and it's still climbed to 163 so i think what i got to do is set the timer for or the alarm i should say i said timer i meant thermometer to set the thermometer for exactly what i want and then kill the gas and it's still going to raise and then the grain should drop it that's a big big thing learned today i think that'll work so i'm going to go ahead and let this sit and mash i got it wrapped up nice and cozy in the thermex or whatever it's called and the blanket on top of it shouldn't lose any heat and most, like, uh, I don't think I lost any last time I did this. So I let it sit and mash and then for 75 minutes, and then we're going to do the boil. And the mash smelled really, really good. Happy with the way this has started. So I'll be back with the uh, boil. I always say back with the boil, and then I do 18 recordings. So I'll be back with something. Did you hear that? That's the rain that wasn't supposed to happen today. But there it is. But that's okay. Because I know not to trust any weather report in Florida. 
and I have a nice little corner of my patio that's all covered and I moved the entire thing over got it covered here with the tarp and no rainwater is getting in here but had to point that out plan for the best expect for the worst especially when you live in a completely unpredictable environment like the Florida okay the mash is still sitting we are about third what about 30 minutes into the 75 minute mash and now that everything is moved and covered and the temperature's holding with that wrap, I am running to the closest grocery store to go get two bags of ice from we need to cool down. Talked a little bit about that last uh, recording in that I can get it now. And even though I'm not going to be cooling anything down for uh, almost two hours, hour and a half by the time I probably get it, uh, it's, even with the heat, which is actually, it's, it's, this is probably the coolest day, well, coolest Let's say, let me rephrase that. This is probably the least hot day I've brewed. I still hold on to at least 80% of the ice I buy, only like 20 months away, probably less than that. So I don't mind getting it early and having some of it melt off because when you have to do things in stages in a boil, it's a little difficult to time it out. Right now I've got 45 clear minutes to just go and get the ice and come back. So I don't mind the melt off. And it beats running the freezer out of completely out of ice, which is what I used to do. And I do factor, and I talked about how I'm like breaking even right now uh, with my brewing ingredients. I, I don't factor in the overhead of everything I bought because I won't break even, probably for another five years. But even I even consider purchasing ice into this, and I'm still at uh, just about the same, actually just slightly less uh, cost per bottle if I were to buy a six pack of good beer. So even with going and buying the ice, when which I could, I could run out my freezer, I guess. But that's that's a, kind of a pain. And sometimes I don't have a nice, enough ice. But even factoring in buying a couple bags of ice, it's still I'm still break even. So that's okay as long as I'm not spending more or much more right now while learning. That's that's a good thing. And I haven't bought beer in a while. I actually I'll admit that even with uh, the news as brew brew not being what I exactly hoped it would be it still wasn't bad it's still be i mean drinkable at the very it's that's that's an understatement it's it's more than drinkable i mean i'd i would have that over much of the stuff i buy in the store not every not well you can buy in the store not what i would buy in the store and probably not you that's listening but drinkable enough that i haven't had to buy beer so i'm not double spending double dipping in the beer fund in a sense so that's good that's good fun hobby so far uh even when it rains unexpectedly and it's light rain now, but right now it's not coming into the porch. Wouldn't affected the kettle anywhere in the porch, even with that overhang. But I guarantee, I absolutely positively guarantee it's going to pour when I boil. That's just the kind of luck and unpredictability and uh, weird coincidences that happen in Florida. Or timing. I don't know, coincidence is not the right word, but I think you know what I'm saying. So I will, I'm just going to boil in that corner. And that's as far away as you can get and still be outside with the propane gas and the and the kind of the exhaust from the burn off so I, I want to be like i'm not going into my garage that's too dangerous that's that's just uh, it should be okay but why chance it so but i'll be in that corner that actually might be a little more dangerous in the open air but i will stand in the open air i will just toss in the hop sacks as needed so it's that's a lot less dangerous than the four walls of, or three walls of a garage and just a little bit of the door open so anyway um yeah i'm almost at the store uh, again, closest supermarket. Actually, the closest store is a 7-Eleven, but why pay twice as much for the amount of ice I'm going to get when I can drive three more miles to a grocery store where it's actually reasonably priced? And that's where I'm headed, and I'm about to turn in the parking lot. So I'm going to go get the ice, 
and then we'll see what we got next. All right, got my ice and I got 60 pounds of it. Normally I just get two bags of 20 pounds, but for some weird reason, it was buy two, get one free on the 20 and 10 pounds, which is odd. I've never seen a buy one, get one, or any kind of buy any, get something free with ice. That's just so weird. But as I was walking, as I had that in my, my mind and walking to the cash registers, I noticed there was just stacks of bottled water everywhere. And it dawned on me, they probably overstocked on water supplies and things like that, like, like, uh, perishables and well, ice and water make perfect sense for this non-hurricane that came through, which is bizarre because the, the hurricane was never, ever a threat to central Florida ever. I mean, I don't know where people around here kind of lost their minds a little bit. Just some people, not everybody. Most people had enough common sense, but I guess they were kind of not banking on, but preparing for the overblown news report that came through. If you watch the local news, everyone is going to die Thursday night. Everyone is going to get just wiped off the face of the earth by this hurricane that wasn't coming towards us, which is just one of the almost countless reasons I hate watching local news or news in general. But maybe they, they, I mean, they may know better. The people that run the store know better, but they also know that they're going to get a run on it because some people, shoppers, don't know better. But in this case, it didn't pan out. That's my only guess. Maybe they're just oversocked, period, because it's been such a hot damn summer and things did cool off with this weather change. That might be uh, as likely a scenario as my other one. Or maybe nowhere anywhere close to either of those two. But and my point is, why the hell not take the free bag? I mean, more ice is better than not having enough ice. I think Ford will be enough, but it didn't cost anything. Uh, and if worse comes to worse, I'll spread it along the yard and let it melt and water the yard. Not that it needs to because of this damn rain. No one's supposed to be here, but it was free. So I got it. So I should have no trouble cooling down my wart before I transfer it to the carboy. So I'm driving back now, just about ready. By the time I get there, should be able to take the ice out get it nice and stacked on the patio and then just have a few more minutes to wait out the uh the uh mash and get the boil going all right you got 12 minutes left in the mash so what i'm going to do now is i got one more gallon of bottled water or jugged water whatever you want to call it one more gallon of spring water i'm going to go ahead and put that on the burner and get that up to about 170 degrees in case i need to sparge uh hope not to but if i need to it's there um and I, well and it's a it's a fine line i don't want to waste the water but i want to have the water again still learning i mean this is we're, i'm just scratching my fifth month of home brewing in any regard so still something i'm learning but i, I absolutely positively want to get this boil water up to a hundred uh, 4.5 gallons and it should get me close to 3.5 when the boil's done so i don't want to short change this keg i want this to be a nice full keg this time haven't hit a full keg yet it's what i'm really trying for it's my biggest goal in this particular this particular brew so i'm gonna have that gallon of water ready at temperature then pull out the grain bag and First, let it soak, see what we got, do a measurement, and sparge if I need to, and then move on to the boil. All right, bag is draining. I think, let's see if we can hear this. I think we were able to last time. I think you can hear that. And it's just about drained, and oddly enough, it is just over four and a half gallons. And I'm, I have to think that is what I had last time, because this is about the same weight of grains. 
So since I have the sparge water, I'm going to sparge so I get the five gallons, give myself that half-gallon cushion. Um, I'm, I'm going to start writing this stuff down. I have my iPad out here. I should have wrote down these things the first time to know so I can you know, find exactly what I need to do, how much I need to start with and all that. But I haven't, but I learned to do that now. So I'm going to sparge this till I get the five gallons, and then we should absolutely positively be able to get a three and a half gallon carboy and if i can get even more out of that the better i'd rather have more that fits in the keg than an empty keg or a, a partially empty keg again and then just build from there so i'm going to go ahead and sparge this to get the five gallons and then start the boil what i'm going to do right now uh, what i'm going to do right now it's something I haven't been able to do all week because I'm still on that diet before Halloween Horror Nights. But it is my free day and it's tradition, I think, uh, for homebrewing. It's in every homebrewing video I have seen to have a homebrew with while you're brewing. I'm about to pour a nice draft of the Neozaz Signature Test 1 because I'm still saving that last bit of the chance test because it's, it's really good <laughs> for tonight. Um, I'm going to pour that. Directly from the keg, the kegerator is down, I think, 38. It dropped a couple degrees. Oh, this is going to be so good. I need it right now because it is getting hot out and we're about to start to boil. So I'm going to pour this draft. This is probably the only beer. And I'm not – I've gotten all my driving done. I got the ice. I ain't, I'm not driving for like at least four more hours. And I'm only going to have the one. And I'm going to be sweating that out in 30 minutes anyway. But uh, I'm going to pour this. Really looking forward to it. Haven't had since the – haven't really had one since that tasting. I had a couple after that because it was still – part of the free day but i've not had and i'm kind of curious what happens after it sitting for a week maybe this is one of those beers that ages well i don't know but i'm gonna pour it right now i'm gonna leave this recorder going but i need two hands see if maybe we can record the uh the uh draft actually being poured okay all the way to the top in fact, I need to uh, <laughs> I need to turn the pressure up a little bit on my cake, my serving pressure. That took too long, and I didn't get it. has It has a really nice the head that it has it on is really nice, but the pressure is not enough to build up a head. So, but still, the carbonation is really good. Uh, I hope you can hear me. I just realized I had the the recorder away. I'm sure you did. I'm gonna get a quick sip. Oh man, the glass! <laughs> it already made the glass cold. This is gonna be really nice outside. I'm gonna get a taste quick. Hey, not you know what? I'm not kidding. It, either it's my my memory is not right, or actually something's happening. The multi finish is not that malty. There's malt. Don't get me wrong; it didn't go away, but this might mellow out a little bit over time. I'm really curious of how this is going to pan out in a couple of weeks. Let me try it again. I, mean, I did just have lunch, but it was egg salad. I mean, there was no taste to it, and wheat bread. If you're curious, I don't know why I shared that, but I'm going to taste it again. Yeah, it's absolutely less malty. That's really cool. That's really cool. I'm quite intrigued how this pans out in the end. Still not that it needs hops. It needs hops for it to be the Neozag signature, signature, but it's getting better. That's interesting. I'm fascinated by this hobby. I'm glad I started this. Uh, anyway, um, I the looks like, no, it's still dripping a little bit. looks like the grains are almost done. I did some sparging, got it up to five gallons. As soon as that's done dripping, I'm going to take it off and boil. In fact, that should just be a couple minutes. So I'm going to go out there and start the boil with my ice-cold beer sitting next to 212-degree 
five-gallon wort. All right, what I'm doing now is I have this, it's not a ball, it's all wrapped around a piece of cardboard, but this amount of twine, butcher's twine, that I'm cutting and tying off to the hop sacks, because then I, I have a, a little clamp, like a paper clamp, like, a, like you'd use it in an office, a little black triangle clamp with silver handles. I clip that onto the side of the handle of the brew pot, and I just tie these, I tie one end of the twine to the hop sack, and then the other end I kind of wrap around the silver handles so that I can pull the hop sacks out easier. Uh, they're usually not hard to get, but I don't like to fuss with them too much. And the more I, I kind of shake them around when I'm trying to find them with a spoon, the little particles of hops come out and it, it the, the uh, you know, gets, it'll, it'll settle. It will be able to clear the beer, but the quicker I can get them out, the better and the easier it'll be to clear the beer. So that's what I'm doing now. So I got all my, my uh, twine on the hop sacks ready to go. I give it a good length, like at least two feet. It's longer than it needs to be, but I want it to roll around in the royal, roll, rolling boil to get all into the wort. So I want it to be basically like it can, if I just threw it in and let it sit, but with the ability to pull it back out. Um, I did want to mention something quick because I have all the grains here for my next, what's left over and going to be used it's from my grain shipment from online that I'm going to be using in the next brew. I did want to mention this company. They no absolutely no affiliation with Neozaz. I don't even think they do any kind of affiliation, and they've given me nothing, but they've been awesome. It's Annapolis Homebrew in Annapolis, Maryland, and the reason there's two reasons they're awesome. One, they always check up on the order, make sure it's what we what I want. Um, one time I ordered grilled uh, grilled milled and unmilled grains because I wanted to try milling some, and they double checked that's what I wanted to do, and that it wasn't a mistake, and it, it, that's what I wanted to do. This time I got them all milled for the record. Um, but the other cool thing. Super cool thing, especially when you're doing small batches like I am, like two and a half to three gallons. They sell grains by the ounces. That is impossible to find online. It's easy to find at your home brew shop, which is probably where I'll be shopping next, unfortunately, for Annapolis. I don't know, maybe. I might mix between the two because Annapolis has been so great. But if you're in a situation where you don't have a home brew shop or you don't want to, uh, for whatever reason, if you want to buy online, check out Annapolis Home Brewing because for those two reasons. One, great customer service. Two, you can buy grains by the ounce. That's been such a huge help. I was going to buy from some of the bigger name homebrew supplies, the grains, where I get my gear from, but they only sell by the pound. And when you need like two ounces of, uh, well, for instance, 1.9 ounce of Carve 3 Special, which we use today, uh, getting a pound of it is a huge waste because I'm never going to go through a pound of that stuff milled or unmilled. And when I'm gonna, if I keep it, I'll keep it in the fridge and the wife won't be happy. This time I ordered two ounces because I couldn't get it by the point, but I have a point of grain left over. Big deal. I'll probably throw it outside for the birds. They'll enjoy it. It'll be a nice treat, nice chocolatey rich treat for them. So can't go wrong with Annapolis. Perfect customer service and even better selection with the ounces on grains. Again, not a paid advertisement. Probably never will be a paid advertisement. I just like them that much. So check that out if you need to, if you're just getting into this and you want to order stuff online or if you have to order stuff online. Super high recommended. It's gotten me through all my brews so far that I've shared on these recordings. The boil is about to roll. It is really close. It is we're well past hot break. I scooped off all the proteins my strainer could get from the hot break, the hot break proteins to help clear the beer up. There's still a little coming. Might give it one more pass at the strainer. In fact, I think I'm going to right now because we are like just on the cusp of rolling into a boil and then I'll be able to start throwing the hops in. So, all right, I'm getting 
Got some of the proteins off. I think I can give it one more good pass and get some get some off. That's really going to help with clearing clearing up the beer. There we go. You know what? I can do one more. I think. This is the least glamorous part of uh, home brewing, scooping this stuff up. I think my wife would actually find this kind of disgusting. It's just protein. I mean, it's there's nothing to it. It doesn't smell. I mean, it smells like beer or it smells like a brewery, but it's not a bad smell. But it's just thick and not really gunky. It just kind of is. I don't think my wife would like it. Just saying. Okay, I'm waiting. It is so close. It is almost rolling. It's definitely on the cusp of boiling. Gonna keep this recording going till we get to it. Up oh, here we go. It's uh, it's about to, you can tell when it's about to hit. It is so close. In fact, no, no, I'm not gonna call it a roll yet. In fact, you know what? I'm gonna take advantage of waiting and do one more pa or another round of passes on this protein break. Get this out of there. This way, it won't congeal to the bottom during cold break. There'll be some on cold break, but. That's all right. I'm going to do a two-stage fermentation on this, do a rack to try to clear it up. I've never done that before, and now's the time to try. All right. I think that's the last chance I'm going to get to do a protein skim, whatever that's called. I don't even know if it has a name. I honestly saw one guy do it in one video, and it made a lot of sense to me, and I've adopted that. All right. Almost rolling, definitely boiling. When I get up to a rolling boil, I'm gonna edit a lot of the silence out. You'll probably hear weird bird chirps and locust patterns because of the editing in the background noise. Whew. I'm like looking in, waiting. I just put my head right over the right over the pot and got blasted with some steam. That's not what you want to do on a on a hot summer day, even though it's been the best temperature I've been out here with so far. Okay, temperature is at about 202 degrees, 10 more degrees to be scientifically boiling, <laughs> although this is boiling. I wouldn't want to put my hand in there. Okay, we are Almost rolling. I'm so close to calling it rolling, but it's not quite there. Okay, we're definitely rolling. So let me I'm gonna throw in the Cascade hops right now. Actually, you know what? For good measure, one more pass with the skimmer here. Or set of passes. Yep, that's still some solid, not solid, but that's like firm, thick protein. That's worth getting out of there. That's not going to do the beer any good. After this boil, at least. Ooh, I got the hop sack right near my nose. That was, oh, that smelled so good. Okay, here we go. Putting in Cascade hops, and they're in. Tying off the uh, sack here. I'm going to put the recorder down. I need two hands. I'm actually going to loose knot this. All right, that's in, hitting the timer. Then we don't do anything for 15 minutes and then all hell breaks loose. 15 minutes, we put in the 
that German hop I can't pronounce. Ten minutes we put in the clarifier, the Irish moss, and then at five minutes we put in the palisades, and then that's it. So here we go. All right, I'll be back with the next hop drop. Okay, I gotta stop and record what just happened. Um, I've stepped inside to get some water, but before that, I took a picture of the boil for the Facebook page, and the phone slipped out of my hands, and it hit square on to the boil pot that if it had tilted one way, it would hit the ground, the other way, directly into the wart. I don't know how it bounced the, the right way and hit the ground, but I, I, I have never, ever been that close to dropping my phone in the liquids and i don't know if it would be ironic to be in a boil pot of wort soon to be beer or what but that is the closest i've ever gotten and by some miracle probably the beer gods it went the right way and didn't go in oh i i have not had a heart-stopping moment like that in a long time and then i picked up the phone and took the picture so i had to share that story i don't know how many other podcasts about home brewing are going to tell that story uh and be able to live the t- have their phone live to tell the tale of it, but oh my god, that was that was scary. That's the scariest thing that has happened. Considering I'm working with huge glass carboys, two hundred degree of heat, live flame, that is the closest thing to a disaster I have had so far in home brewing. And that's the one thing I don't ever want to happen. I'd rather get burned. Not bad. Don't get me wrong. That's a stupid thing to say. I'd rather get a blister than drop my phone in the water. I don't want to get burned. Who doesn't want to get a burn? And that's an offensive thing to say to people that have been victims of burns. That's not what I mean. So I want to make that clear. But I'd rather get. I'd rather have a blister on my finger from touching the pot as in, without thinking than to drop my phone in the ward. Is what I'm saying. So anyway, that's the story. Had to share that one. I hope I never have to share that story again. Okay, I'm back inside. I'm not quite ready. No, actually, I'm a half hour away from dropping the next set of hops. But I'm, I had put the uh, homebrew beer back in the fridge because the boil was taking uh, – well, it wasn't taking long. It was just getting hot out, and I didn't want a 80-degree a beer. So I have it hot again. I'm taking another taste, and I'm just absolutely shocked how different it tastes than the original tasting. It has mellowed so much, and it's really reminding me of the – Ales or hell, even the the lager. I guess the ales. Uh, there is they they call Duff a lager at, at Springfield and Universal, but I think it's more of an ale. It really reminds me of the the ales made for the parks or between the Amber Scale, or I'm mean, sorry, the Dragon Scale and the Duff beer. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a huge fan of Universal and their beers. It's really what it reminds me of. It's not those, but it's like in that. It's it feels like it could come from that line. I'm 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 very surprised. I did not think this thing this beer is going to hold up. And I was going to end up dumping it, but that maltiness is almost gone. And I think in another week it's going to be gone. And this is going to be I don't think it's going to I don't I don't know if it's going to be this these signature beer because again I like some more hops, but it's going to be a recipe that I might keep because I think people that aren't hop heads will like this this might be a good one to keep around so i might have to re i might actually have to give it a name and call it something and maybe make it a future event beer because i already had the recipe i just have to know to keg it two weeks early i'm i'm surprised i and uh it's this is a weird conversation one-sided conversation to have because you're not tasting it and i'm just i'm just really surprised the whole chemistry 
and physics or whatever this is. I guess it's mostly chemistry with brewing is awesome. I've never been interested in chemistry in of itself. I've never been good at it, but this is just fascinating me. The fact that this changed so much under pressure with no air, just CO2, for a week has changed so much. And I expect it to change more in another week. So just wanted to share that, kind of noting it for my tasting notes as well. But very, very happy, pleasantly surprised, and looking forward to learning more stuff uh, through experience. So there's one for, like I said, one, one of the things I've learned today. And I'm not even done brewing my, my current batch. So there you go. I don't know if you found that interesting or not, but I did and worth noting and... Well, there you go. Did I say it seven times? So, there it is. How's that? All right, I'll be back. We are about two minutes from the second hop drop, and this is the German one that I can't say the name of. Um, You can hear my neighbor, other neighbors mowing the lawn, which is... I mean, you can understand that rain that came and went is gone. Everything is dry. Sun's out. Back to a beautiful day. Great day to be sitting out here. Finished my homebrew, but uh, finishing and now just waiting to finish off this this boil. But anyway, I have the second hop bag here. It's This one is going to be for... I looked it up in my <laughs> color-coded chart. This is definitely going to be for aroma. And I'm smelling it now. It is, it is very pleasant. It's... Floral is the best I call it but i can't place my finger on what how to describe it outside of that there's a there's a definite sweetness to it that i can't place it kind of reminds me of what an herbal tea bag smells like but not chamomile take take chamomile's got a very distinctive smell so it's definitely not that i can't really place it but if this imparts the aroma that it's Putting out here just in of itself, this is going to be a very, very nice addition. And uh, so, about a minute away from putting it in, I'm going to try. I'm going to take one more good, good uh, sniff. I can't. That there's a sweetness that is so familiar, but I cannot put my finger on what it is. I don't know. This, this should be a good addition, though. This is going to be nice. And then I'm using the Palisades in this case only for aroma. It's going to add just a. Su- slight touch of earthiness to it so it'll be like i don't know flowers growing out of the garden while you're drinking that's i don't know if that's what i went for for a halloween horror nights brew but maybe that's what's going to happen here so all right we are at 15 seconds i'm going to go ahead and put it in 15 seconds is not going to hurt a 15 minute boil drop in fact i'm talking and hovering over it it's down to well it's down to 11 seconds so all right i'm going to tie this off actually i need two hands so there's no point in recording and i got to go in and get my five minute editions which is the irish moss and the palisade hops so I'm going to turn this off and be back with the last top drop. All right, we are two minutes away from the final hop drop. It's been such a nice day since, even despite that rain, I should say. I was going to say since the rain, but the rain really didn't spoil anything. Um, you hear, hear my neighbor still mowing, and it's only been 10 minutes, so. Uh, it's temperature's nice. There's a, just a little breeze that comes and goes across the patio. The boil's gone really well. The smell is great. The homebrew tasted really well. And now I have the smell of fresh cut grass thanks to my neighbor. So, great day. Not sure he'd agree, but he's also a friend of mine. His name is Joe. He's going to be able to have some of this beer. So, everybody wins. Mostly me. Anyway, um, I'm going to go ahead and put the Irish moss in. We're at six minutes left in the boil. And uh, that's a 
about a minute earlier than normal, but what the heck? Separate this in the hop drop. Now, what this art Irish moss is going to do, if you don't know, it's going to promote all the proteins and particles to congeal and fall to the bottom. And then the siphon should actually, the siphon point should rest above everything that's on the bottom, and that's just a method of clarifying. It doesn't actually clear the beer as in take anything out, but it does clump everything up real nice, let it fall to the bottom when we hit cold break, and, and help with clarification of the beer. And that's a big thing I've been trying to achieve from the start of All Grain, because All Grain just has so much cloudiness from the start of the wart to the end that I try to clarify as much as I can at every step I can, as I'm sure most All Grain brewers do. I mean, I'm no expert at all. I'm super, super new to this. But that's what I've, that's one of the cool things I've learned so far is how to clear, because I do have, by some miracle, and I'm not bragging because I'm more surprised than anybody else. I have some pretty damn clear beer. So, about to drop the Palisades hop in. May or may not be the signature hop for Neo's as. Here we go. Four, three, two, one. It's in. And that is definitely going to be an aroma drop. It may impart a little bit of hoppiness flavor, but probably not at five minutes. So, I'm not even going to tie this off. I'm just kind of wrapping it around this. Uh, uh, clamp here that's not going anywhere in five minutes so well and another what we got four minutes and 43 seconds i'll be turning the gas off i'll be dropping this into an ice bath and just letting it chill giving it a good stir adding ice as it goes hopefully get it down within 20-ish minutes probably a little longer than that i did a measurement i just did a measurement a couple minutes ago and it is at three and a half gallons that means a whole gallon and a half is boiled off and it still might be more boiled off that's a lot that's a lot from one hour. And all it is is chemistry. So I don't think I did anything wrong. But going to give it one more measurement. And I have some ice cold water to top off with. Which will help with the cooling if I need to use it. And topping off anything up to a half gallon at this point is not going to affect the flavor much, if at all. I mean, someone with a better palate than mine and more living taste buds might notice a difference. But I'm not going to. And neither are the people I'm going to give this beer to. So... All right, uh, less than four minutes ago, I'm going to go ahead and uh, take a break here. And the rest of what I got to do up until transferring to the carboy takes two hands. So I'll be back when I have a free hand. Okay, it is done. Uh, It is transferred into the carboy and I oxygenated it. Probably over oxygenated it, but I understand after like 30 seconds, it's like less return on investment so it, you can you can't really put too much oxygen in but you're not getting as much out of it after that first 30 seconds so i am we are at what are we at 72 degrees 70 up oh, and then dropping all right it's actually 71.8 i think that's okay let me check the yeast here yes that's in the pitching range actually it's well in the pitching range wow okay so we are good uh cooling took about 15 minutes so a little Less time than normal, which is good. Might have something to do with the weather. Might have something to do, or just might be that I'm getting better at it. I don't have an immersion chiller or any kind of device to do it yet. Don't know that I will anytime soon. There's a few other things I want to get before that. But right now, a big bucket and ice water is working just fine. So I'm going to pitch the yeast right now. So I'm about to open it. Let me sterilize my scissor blades. All right. Actually, put them in there for a little longer. Make sure they got contact. So that'll take about 20 seconds. Uh, Not much more I can say. Cold break is thick. There's some thick proteins. I don't know 
I am still not good at getting it clear off the bed. I, I know that's impossible, but I, I think I can get it clear off the boil somehow. I'm going to have to investigate that. Maybe I can. Maybe that's why there is racking. And I am going to do a secondary fermentation and maybe not have to use my filter system. But if I have to use it, I have to use it. That's the way it goes. That's why I have it right now, as I learned. So, uh, But it's settling to the bottom. Yeast is going to join it here very shortly. I think that was probably long enough for the scissors. So I'm going to go ahead and cut that and pitch the yeast. I'm just going to leave this recording real quick. Okay, I'm sealing it up. Putting in the sterilized plug. And putting in the airlock. Make sure I got enough star sand water in there. I think I do. That looks like enough. It looks like plenty actually. It's probably more than I need. Actually, I'm going to dump a little out. Just a touch. There you go. That's enough. That's definitely enough. Putting the cap on the airlock. And putting the airlock in the rubber stopper. There we go. Alright, this is going into my fermentation tank, aka my converted cooler with a couple of cold packs. It's going to hover around, I'm going to guess on the outset, we're probably going to drop it down to about 68, 67 uh, for the wort temperature, but then the, when the fermentation takes off, we're going to have to keep adding cold packs to keep that in the uh, What's the range? The range is actually really tolerant for this. This is Cephal US-05 uh, temperature range. Oh, that's Celsius. Where's the, where's the, uh, uh, the other side? Um, 53.6 to 77 degrees. Well, I don't want it in 70. I want it around 70, like right in that middle range. That seems to be optimal. Uh, it's always giving my best results, and I don't want to stress out the yeast because that will bring really off flavors. So, But it's pretty easy with this cooler and ice packs and this carboy the glass really once the glass once the wart inside gets the temperature the glass holds it really well in fact it holds it for quite a while until i can change the ice packs which is nice so i am going to go ahead and i need two hands for this because i've got i got three like i'm gonna guess without having the exact measurements like 3.3 gallons in here a lot of this is we're gonna fill a keg i, I feel it <laughs> i feel a keg is gonna be filled with this one so this is heavy. Need my two hands. I got my carboy handler strapped on there. So I'm gonna put this down, put it in there, and probably be back uh, when I check out fermentation. Quick addendum, I guess, to the entire series. Uh, I'm not at fermentation yet. In fact, I just put the fermenter in just a few minutes ago. I have a name for whatever the set of specials is going to be, whatever you want to call it. This is a set of specials. There's going to be more than one, so it's a series, but it's not a typical Neozetta series. It's just whenever it happens. So, But anyway, the name. You've heard. You know it now. You've downloaded this, but I just realized what it's going to be because I took a picture of the uh, carboy with the air lock in and everything and send it to dave from stars and character phillies will count bestifies much other stuff and i said is it beer yet and i'm like there it is that's the name as much as i like brew spew maybe we'll do that for another one and we just talk about beer but is it beer yet that's what this is going to be called you already know that because you downloaded it but i don't so i'm telling myself and reporting exactly when that idea had come to me is it beer yet that's what this is and that's what you're listening to
I'm back one more time before we look in on the fermentation to kind of wrap up my brew day. It was a long brew day, really long, and I don't know why. It felt, it seems longer than it normally is, and I started earlier, and it's ending quite later. And I'm talking from beginning to end, from measuring out the grains to uh, cleaning up. So maybe, maybe the grain measuring had something to do with it. Maybe that was an extra hour, but... But still, it didn't. It wasn't as brutal, or uh, yeah, brutal. I guess that's a good word. Just didn't wipe me out as much as the last two, and I think that has a lot to do with the change in weather. So even though it was longer, it was still a much more pleasant experience. And by the end, I was still happy to be doing what I was doing, even in the cleaning. The cleaning kind of sucks, but I said this in the kegging portion of the last episode. You're you, you got to clean up when you're done, or else you're just going to cause yourself a bigger problem later because you've just made a form of sugar water it's it's not sugar and water but it's a form of sugar water and the longer that sits and if it dries you're you're and you just caused yourself more trouble than you needed to so you got to clean up as soon as you're done or else you're just asking for a lot more work later so from wake up to clean up just seemed longer than usual but it was good it was good i'm i have cleaned everything up and i even cleaned what dishes were in the sink and cleaned up the kitchen a little bit um took a shower and i'm not wiped out last two times i did this i was completely spent probably because of the heat so now i'm running a quick errand before my wife gets home i'm ironically going back to the same grocery store i went and got in the ice and i say ironically because i found a note my wife left for me before she went to work and it was to pick something up there which i hadn't seen obviously if i had seen it when i went to get the ice i would have gotten it but i didn't see it but i have the time She's still got another hour till she'll be home, and she's had a long day, too. And hers was probably actually, since I feel so damn good, since she had just as many hours of work, she's probably a lot more tired than I am. So I'll just take care of this. It's the least I could do. She just let me brew beer in our house and has been. I mean, it seems pretty obvious to go do that for the thing she asked me to do, which you probably should do anyway as a good husband. But that is it. Um great brew day but long and i don't know why it has to, i think it has to do with measuring the grains while i think about it but other than that maybe i was cleaning up slower than usual too because it was kind of nice out while i was doing it i don't know i don't know why i'm complaining because i feel great i think the beer is going to be good and i'm really happy about the news as beer one thing i can say the heat did rise as i was out there so i'm a little dehydrated so i'm gonna have to drink some more of that news as test beer tonight to rehydrate myself i actually wait till the sun gets down I think so. I only allot myself so many beers because I'm still on the diet I talked about on the last episode because Halloween Hard Nights has not started yet. But I have been running and I actually list <laughs> the calories of an average amber beer burnt while running and that's how many I can have. And I still got I still got a good amount left and I'm going to enjoy them. So I'm going to wait till it gets a little later tonight while I'm sitting around not doing anything but enjoying the beer. So, all right. Uh, probably checking on fermentation next, but with this show, you never know. We're 48 hours into fermentation, and this thing is going. I mean, it is going. It looks like there's a, uh, <laughs> like a, uh, almost like a, a turbine inside there. I mean, there are just, there are these clumps of yeast just moving around. The, the carboy is sitting still, and the yeast are just flying everywhere. And the gas lock is just chugging away. I mean, it's not even a second between the gas bubbles coming through. So I did take video of this. When I opened this, I was just so amazed. I did take video of it, so I'm going to put it on Facebook. Uh, I attribute the 
high activity to putting pure oxygen into the beer. Now, I did aerate the wort uh, in the last batch, but I, by that I mean I took a spoon and I stirred it around real vigorously until I got it kind of a foamy top uh, to make sure there was oxygen in it. But, of course, air is more than oxygen, like the air around us. It's mostly nitrogen, actually, and there's other gases in there. But there is oxygen oxygen in there. So I got the oxygen in that the yeast needed to ferment that beer, but now that I put in... About 30, 40 seconds, kind of lost. I don't remember what the time was. You you just heard it, so you, you know what I did. 30, 40 seconds of pure oxygen right in here for the yeast to help feed has made a huge difference. The Krausen cap on top of this is about an inch thick. That's kind of what I was expecting the whole time with the last brewer that never happened. It's absolutely happened now. I took a picture of that as well. And the like I said, the gas lock is just going. I don't know. I don't know that you'll actually be able to hear this. Let's see if I can if we can actually hear the gas lock. Uh, the bubbles popping. I don't think you can. I couldn't hear it. I was kind of right by the mic, but it's popping like not even. It's probably two a second. No, but that's a little, no. It might be. As I said, that's probably a little too fast. But it's somewhere around there. It's less than a second each pop. But what's really astounding me is how the yeast clumped up. Which I've seen this yeast do both, kind of just stay in their little teeny part, barely seen particles or clump up. So I'm guessing the oxygen and the amount of sugar in here is making them work as a team and really doing their job. So this should be, I'm really curious what the final gravity reading and how much alcohol per volume we're going to get out of this. But I'm also happy to see this go. This is, like I said, this is what it was 24 hours ago. It's 24 hours later, it's 48 hours. It's still going. Um, I plan to rack this at like, uh, by the end of the week, the next weekend, um, it should slow down by then. I'm sure it's going to slow down by then. Uh, well, I, the only reason I'm mentioning is that I usually read that people rack after four days. I can't, if this is going the way it's going, there's no signs of it slowing in two more days. I'll actually be out of town, so I'm forced to do it the next week. But uh, this should be in good hands. My wife is going to change the, all she's got to do is change the ice packs in this cooler, and everything else is on autopilot. Like I said, between the oxygen and the sugar, this is good to go. So this is neat. This is neat. And I'm glad I got some video of it. So check that out on Facebook. Uh, and uh, that's it. I'll be back uh, probably to check. I'll be checking it every day, but I'll probably be recording in uh, about four days when I'm back from my business trip. It is almost... Oh, not really. It is... Over a week fermentation now, and just I think it's been a few days. I had to go out of town. I think I talked about that on recording. But like my last report, the yeast was going absolutely nuts. And I'd said I thought that was probably going to be the last of it, and it was. Actually, the next time I looked in on it, there was nothing. And now we're just a few days away from kegging, and it looks like it's completely stopped. In fact, I am now staring at the airlock, and there's like no sign of anything. Let me do, I can. Put a little pressure on top of it and see if there's any gas to force out. Nope, this is probably done. This could probably keg any time now. It's a little late tonight. Not going to do it tonight. Maybe tomorrow. That'll be a few days earlier than normal. But speaking of kegging, another first in my um, home brewing adventures. My first keg ever. The one, the recording that got away because I had the recorder set on wrong is empty. I went to pour a beer and it like got maybe a half of an inch into the glass and then foam. 
the dreaded foam. So it is done. So I have the keg out, which is good because I need the keg to keg this beer. So the timing is pretty good. So I'm going to kind of give it a send-off by releasing the pressure out of the valve here. And that is that for that keg. not going to say what beer it is because I'm actually going to brew that in the third episode again. This was like a test of that recipe end of the all grain, and it was good. I'm going to admit it was good. It was also a recipe I followed from online with a minor adjustment, uh, in particular a hops, which you can probably guess. And then this time that hop worked in a favor. But for the kind of beer it was, it would. So that is it for this uh, fermentation update. Fermentation, I think, is just done. I think it's all but done at this point. So I'm going to keg a couple of days, keep it cool, keep the wort cool. Or it's beer now. It's fermented. It's just not carbonated. So keep the beer cool. And tomorrow I'll probably keg. Right now I'm going to clean out that keg so I can. And then uh, I'm going to clean out the line in my kegerator, which is not all that interesting. So I probably won't record it. It's kegging day. I just kegged everything. And cleaned everything. I'm whispering because Quinn from Catacombs Halloween Horror Nights is here. And he's still asleep. He slept his whole kegging. I mean, so much noise. I don't know how he slept through that. He needs to wake up. It's 11 o'clock. I don't know why I'm whispering. I should talk out loud so he hears me and wakes up. I'm getting hungry. Anyway, I did a gravity read. I haven't done the calculations yet, so I don't know what the alcohol is. I have some of the, uh, uncarbonated beer here in a sample glass. I'm going to taste it. It has that same maltiness the uh, Neo's has one did, but that's what I expected. I'm not going to do a full tasting for like another week, maybe two. Quinn needs to wake up. I'm hungry. Anyway, that's kicking day. I didn't do anything different than last time, so I didn't record it. But I did make a lot of noise. I don't know how I slept through it. Okay, I have no idea where I wrote down the original gravity reading, so I can't calculate the alcohol content. But I think with the ingredients I used and the recipe I had bases after and everything I mashed at, it's probably going to be around 5%. So I'm going to do another tasting of the uncarbonated beer because I realized in the last segment didn't really say much about it. it smells like a... Uh, Marzen, like I'm used to, is I got got that kind of Oktoberfest, um, what'd you call it, like bordering on an amber with a little bit of a, some kind of citrus something in there, but not really direct citrus. Yeah, that's about the best way I can describe it. I'm going to give it another sip here. So again, that was quite malty, but it's super smooth. So once that maltiness levels out, I think it's going to be really good. It's going to have a light flavor. It's going to be a lighter uh, not quite as a rich Oktoberfest, I don't think, but maybe. I don't, it, it's hard to tell until that malt kind of mellows out. But not bad, not bad. I would, uh, I wouldn't play too much with this. I don't know that I'll make it again. It is just a one-time event beer, but I think once it levels out, uh, kind of the maltiness smooths out. It's going to be good. So we'll find out. This is not the official tasting. This is like kind of the pre-tasting. I've now learned it's got to be these kind of beers ones that are not hop heavy like anything outside of an ipa absolutely need to be keg conditioned for at least a week so that will be uh well it'll actually probably be next in this recording but it will be um well i don't know we might do a pre-tasting after it's carbonated but anyway what i'm saying is it'll be a week for me it'll be mere seconds for you
All right, this is the first official tasting of the Carnival of Carnage. It's actually a week after kegging, believe it or not. I mean, I force carbonated it with the idea of test, taste testing it while Quinn was here, but we just didn't get around to it. It was a, it was just a packed weekend. And I know it sounds weird. You don't didn't have time to get to a uh, beer, but the, it wasn't that we didn't get to a beer. It's that we didn't get to the event of of uh, running the first line and taste testing it that we just really didn't have i guess time for or maybe the energy for but either way it's a week later um so i don't know what to expect because i was gonna do the taste test expecting the maltiness that always comes with my first week of brewing in, in the keg and then follow up with it on our actual event but now it's a week later so i guess it's gonna be well it's gonna be different it's different than the last tasting so i already drew like a not even a third of a glass to pull some, like a line's worth, a keg line's worth to get rid of any sediment. There wasn't any. So that was kind of a waste of, of a little bit of beer there. So probably won't do that with the next one because it looks like the filtering system is doing far more filtering than I thought. So I'm going to draw just a little sample here to taste, not a full glass, because um, I want to save a majority of this beer for a Halloween Horror Nights weekend at Neozaz. But I do want to taste this for the show. So I'm going to draw just a little bit to get a taste. All right, got a little bit there. It's well carbonated. Um, you know, I should have should have drew more. Actually, no, I can kind of see the carbonation coming from the bottom here. I had to hold it right up to a light here in the kitchen to see it because that's how little I drew. But it's it's got carbonation coming from the bottom. There's definitely a little bit of a just on a little bit I drew a little bit of a head on there. So I'm gonna let me get a smell first. I didn't do that last time. It smells pretty good. Actually, it smells really good. Now to recap, this is a Marzen, so it should be an Oktoberfest tasting or taste. It's definitely got that little bit, just a we're talking nudge, just a dash of a citrus smell to it, but not a citrus beer. I don't want to give the wrong impression. I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't give this to someone that isn't uh, looking for flavors, and they would not notice the citrus. I'm trying to pick out flavors, and there is that little hint of citrus. Definitely got that uh, amber malt with just a touch of the hops on there. It's not hop heavy at all. So far it smells good. I'm about to taste it right now. Oh, that is quite good actually. That is uh hmm, that is the smell does not I wouldn't say it ma doesn't match the taste, but it's not what I was ready for. It's a little lighter on the palate, but Almost no malt, which means that malt flavor is gone. There's actually, this is funny. Maybe it's because Oktoberfest is in my mind, but there's almost like a sourdough pretzel taste to it. Let me test it again. Yeah, and well, now that I don't know if I put it in my head, but I do taste like a, just a tang of sourdough, which reminds me of pretzels. I mean, I shouldn't say it's a pretzel-specific taste because it's not salty, but this is actually quite good. There is, on the second sip, a hint of malt. Like, of that malt, it needs to be aged out flavor. So one more week, and this should be good. Um, hard to tell if it's got the carbonation I want or not because it's such a small glass. So I might... Well, I don't really see a need to force carbonate it because the head's pretty good. I'm going to finish off what I got here and see if I can get some carbonation taste out of it. Yeah, it's a little light on the carbonation. 
But it's going to be the carver line is hooked up to it, so it's going to be carbonating for at least another week. Um, I shouldn't have to. I don't think there is such a thing as reforcing carbonation. Well, I mean, I guess there's this, anything that you want to make it will be. That didn't. That sounded a lot more philosophical than I, I meant it to. <laughs> so um, maybe a full glass will make a difference. This was a short glass. Oh, you know what? And it was just a. It's a second run out of the line. I'm not gonna give it any kind of greater review on the carbonation because I think I have a weak sample for that. But the taste is pretty good. It's definitely got that Marzen taste. I'd probably like a little more to it, but I don't know how to do, to do that without increasing the hops, and I don't want it to be a hoppy beer. So maybe more malts, or maybe like not uh, uh, the ratio. I mean, I wouldn't add different malts to it. Just maybe another pound of those combined malts. I don't know, though. So far, it ain't broke. I ain't going to fix it. So we'll see what the others think. This is not the end of the episode, because as we learn... It ages. Plus, the end of the episode was going to be when the other people from Neozaz, specifically from the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights, are here to taste this. Because that's what these beers are made for. So, the real tasting, the final verdict, will be up probably next. Alright, here is the final tasting and review for Carnival of Carnage. And if you haven't heard me say it 18,000 times in this episode, this is one of the brews for Halloween Horror Nights podcast weekend extravaganza my co-hosts are here quint hello and karen hello and dogs and cats if you just heard that ruckus i don't know how much this mic picked up but anyway so we have actually been drinking this and the other beer but we haven't had a real sit down and review so we all have a glass now we're going to take a taste and give our final tasting review for this episode all right I'll go first, I guess, because I've been drinking it the most. It's, it is a Marzen, um, so it's meant to be sitting longer than it ha- aged uh, in the keg, longer than it has. But I can still kind of taste where it's going. Um, it's got it's a fair ale taste. It's a uh, got the amber color I wanted. Um, still a little malty, and I think the time is going to take the edge off that. So that's something to keep in mind next year. I mean, it was based after a Marzen recipe that is. Made in a traditional manner. You brew it in March and you drink it in October. This is not that age yet. But having said that, I've had no trouble drinking it through the entire weekend. <laughs> it's very refreshing for as dark as it is. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And even in these last few days, since I first had it, I can tell a slight difference really? in the taste yeah. of it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I think this is one that you know, just, I think, needs a little more age for a second test, and then we'll see what we got. But not a failure. Are, are there any modifications you might make if you make it again? Um, I might. Um, it doesn't. It's not supposed to be hoppy. Marsons aren't supposed to be hoppy. Uh, I think I would actually, as weird as this sounds, even though I called it malty, I think I would actually add more malts to it to give it a stronger flavor, knowing the maltiness would wear off after some time. Oh, okay. So I can get a better overall flavor. Not better the maltiness, yeah. but I'm going to get it. Most of the Marsen recipes I've seen get their flavors. From the malts. There is some hops added to it because hops, grains, and water are, and yeast are the beer ingredients, but they really concentrate on the malts. So I think I would toy with the malts a little more. Maybe a little throw. I don't think there's. If, oh man, it's been like. It's been four weeks since I made this. 
I don't know if there's a caramel in there. If there is, I if there isn't, I'd add a caramel malt. And if there already is, I'd go up whatever the next step was. Let's yeah. say if it's a 40L, I'd try a 60L. Okay. So okay. I'd toy with the malts. I wouldn't really toy with the hops yet because I don't want this one to be hoppy. We yeah. have our hoppy yeah, one, yeah, hoppy and that's beer. a good one. So I want yeah. a I want a more of an ale beer. Cool. All right, there we go. Still not getting it back. <laughs> That will do it for this episode of Is It Beer Yet? It's been a couple days since that last tasting recording. Um, my opinion's pretty much the same. Uh, it's not. It's a. That's a fair margin. Uh, I would probably really do well with more aging, like it's supposed to. I don't think I'm going to try it again right away. I think I'm going to try another recipe just to see which one of the two I would like to use as a base to build off of. Uh, maybe I'll find one better that I like right out the bat. Uh, maybe even possibly, this is scary to think about, actually brew it in March and drink it in October. But that's a long, long time to have a keg held up. So maybe not. It's not so much holding up a keg. I can buy a keg, but keeping it at a constant temperature so it doesn't spoil, that's the tougher part, especially if it's going to be sitting during the summer months. I mean, you got you got the, the worst months of Florida in there, June, July, August, and even beginning of September. Heck, even end of April or uh yeah, May, actually, I should say. Well, heck, yeah, <laughs> end of April and May. There's really not many good months in Central Florida anymore these days, so that would be a tough one to do, so probably not going to try that this time around. Well, you never know. I've said a lot of things on this in this hobby. I will never do that. I will never all-grain brew. I will never keg. Well, I'm kegging my all-grain brews now, so who knows? Uh, the next episode is just a week away. It is the second brew I mentioned in the opening for our Halloween Horror Nights weekend. So you hear more of my, uh, I guess, guest from this one. Actually, you're going to hear a lot more. Very unique episode. I know there's only three, but this one is going to be one unlike I've done yet. And you'll hear why. And it all comes down to just like kind of accidental timing. Uh, the calendar for brewing and for some visits all fell into place. So more on that in the next episode. Uh, until then, I will say thank you for listening. Check out everything we do at Neozaz. Not only do we have this special series dedicated to beer, we've done some one-off specials about different beers as well. And beer has appeared in our series Best of Five. So if you're a beer fan, you like hearing and talking about beer, check that out. And if you like talking about beer, visit us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Podcast. That's where I'll be posting pictures of some of the things I talked about in this episode. And we also have a Twitter account. It's at Neozaz. So with all that, I will say thank you for listening. And like I said, next episode is just a week away. So I will see you in that next episode. Mm-hmm.